My conversation today on Behind the Act is with Steve Stout. He's an artist, a producer, and a content creator. And today we're talking about songwriting and how Steve's approach to it allows him to create so much content, as well as how his sometimes loose relationship with the technical rules of recording studios allows him to get to beautiful results. For me, this conversation was really inspiring, made me want to write songs and get into the studio, and I hope it does for you as well. I'm Seth Schaefer. This is Behind the Act with Steve Stout. Are, are you driven by deadlines that are self-imposed? Or yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, and, yeah, we and- have, we definitely always like kind of do that to ourselves. Not not every time. It's not always like this record needs to be done by like this date. I don't think I need it to be that strict, maybe. But I think it's it was more of a like let's make a record a year or like let's and then you know the little bit of the competitive thing of like well I wrote, I just wrote another song well then. Because, like, we have our joint band, Oswald, and then I write solo stuff, and my buddy Jason writes solo stuff. So sometimes it's like, oh, you got a couple more songs. Like, how do we show I got a couple more songs? You know, like, it's fun to, I feel like it's like the old Paul McCartney, John Lennon thing of, you know. Actually, the balance of having all of those different projects, I think, helps, too, because you're, like, you look at your Spotify monthly listeners, and you look at, like, just trying to make sure that they're all kind of, like, existing um, parallel to one another and not just, like, you're ignoring one of them too much for too long and, like, also running, like, all of those Instagram pages or, you know, I should probably be doing the TikTok more, but <laughs> the TikTok. I know. I'm, I am that guy now. My wife's like, I'm going to delete my Instagram. And I was like, please don't. That's the only <laughs> one I know how to use well. Like, come on. That's awesome. So, okay. So you think that the, uh, the affirmation process is a big piece of the I think that's part of for... it. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think anyone who says that it isn't is lying for sure. Somewhat like, it's, but I think that it just drives you to then like the part that's actually fun is making it. Cause sometimes when you're looking for affirmation, you don't get it. So you can't like just hope that that's going to be the fulfilling part, you know? But if, you know, there's times where you're on like Spotify for artists and like yesterday, I was like, whoa, it says like a hundred people are listening right now. Like, is something happening? You know, like chasing that excitement of like, is something going to take off? Cause I've had bands in the past where it did, you know, like where stuff like randomly we would play a show like Harvard and Stone one time. I remember playing this uh, show for my band Lost Beach and it was like not our best show. It was, I think it was good. It was fine. But I remember getting in the car to go home. And, you know, it's always the show where you're like, it's been like five or six in a row where you're like, okay, something gonna, it's like any of this ever going to work. And it was just like 20,000 plays like in like one night. And you're like, what like is something broken because sometimes i feel like things like spotify will kind of like they'll like test the waters with stuff like you'll get these weird blips but then when it actually is like you got on like a real playlist or something you're like whoa this is like like i think that's the dragon that i am chasing for sure is like is that and you know when just like new people find you on instagram or something and they're they're like whoa i found your music and like i get it you know because it's all very probably specific i'm not making like you know pop songs really um that i think when someone does get it and it's like this is i get the references i get like what you're going for i feel like that's like super exciting to me that's awesome do you uh how do you structure your day (laughs) or or your week or yeah yeah. i guess more specifically how do you take tasks that are so variable in where they take up your brain, like yeah. managing social media and mixing yeah. and then tuning your drums and then setting up a new camera that you don't know how to use. All <laughs> yeah. take up different parts of. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, well, I think I try to structure it and me and Jason try to structure our weeks 
in a way where it's like, like in our minds, we're like, how can we just make this feel as much like it is a legit job? Because it is. And obviously we're like, you know, um, but sometimes it's, it's just so easy to feel like it's not and feel like you're like, you know, like my wife goes to work in an office and sometimes you're like, am I just like digging around? You know, it's like easy to feel that way sometimes. But, um, so we usually work, we'll like just make up a schedule. So like lately it's been like maybe Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And, um, our kiddo goes to daycare. So I drop him off at like, I get, I try to get him there by like 9am, you know, which is great. Cause I used to never wake up that early. And now obviously I have to. So I do that. And then like make coffee or something. And then um, if me and Jason are working one day, we probably start at like, honestly, we don't really just start till like one. We pretty much work like one to five and that's it. So, but it's like a very fast, like we we get a song done in those four hours if we wanted to. Um, but we might not always be working on that specifically. Um, but then I'm like, okay, those days are full. It's so like right now I have an artist that's available on Thursdays. I'm like, if I get home from dropping Bowie off at daycare at like, you know, 9.15 or something, my brain still is not like ready to like, I can't like do music until like, I swear I look at the clock and every time I'm like, okay, I could like do some work now. It's almost always 10.30. So I told her, I was like, how about 10.30? And then we could work to like four or five when I got to go pick them up. So that's been Thursdays as of like the past couple of weeks. And then um, I have other artists that I work with remotely. Um, I'm on like song six with an artist that's in Joshua Tree right now. So like she just sent me the demo sort of yesterday. So then I'll have to just like start the track from scratch and build all that out. So like that would be my next thing I would do when I have like a slot of time, which some days when I work with Jay, if it's one to five, I'll sort of try to get something done in the morning. But sometimes those morning slots end up being the like, all right, I had maybe that's when I'll mess with like a camera or like, honestly, I do a lot of stuff like at night too. Like just like with my kiddo and, and wife home, sometimes I'm like, cause that's the easiest way to like test the camera is just, I just like film Bowie in the yard. I have so many videos of him like in the sprinkler and I'm like, the colors aren't right. I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> but the, like, I think that's the, we went on vacation and like took so many photos and videos to just try to be like, and you realize like, I feel like when you're in Europe, you're like, oh, yeah, this is why all it's not that people have like better like photo chops. It's just that they're taking cooler photos than me. You know, like it's so funny when you actually like go somewhere and take photos and that's a whole thing. But yeah, usually it was I remember being like in L.A. when I first moved there and just playing guitar for people and just like I would come home and I would just be bored and I would just be like probably a little depressed and like just like playing guitar on my own in my house, just noodling. And like, I'm so thankful now that it is a, in a place where for the most part, some weeks are slower. Um, yesterday was pretty slow because it was like, we were going to work. And then there was like tornado warning. So we were like, okay, maybe we won't work today. So I'm trying to, I played a lot of, uh, there's that new Harry Potter game <laughs> that is so good. Um, but I think that that stuff too, it's, I think it's all a part of it. Like, I feel like there's so much good music in video games and sometimes you can just sit around and play guitar too much and beat the inspiration out of yourself. And like, sometimes I've written like songs because I've taken that break, you know, and been like, I'm just going to like take a break and like play some video games. Or I swear sometimes the video game music creeps into songs for sure. Like I remember writing like the music for this one track and being like, I think this is, the sounds from Overcooked, like <laughs> like exactly 
Or it's like some of those things helped me break out of like being afraid of like pop music and being like, I remember I was playing this like roller coaster game, but the music was just like, it was like just a perfect cheeky folk, maybe a little dated. And I was like, you know what? Somebody wanted that at the time. And I was like, this was my way to access that and think it was cool and not be like, well, that's dated, you know? So I don't know. I think it all helps, but that's cool. Yeah. It's always a hodgepodge, but I think being, having two, like trying to get to the place and obviously being super grateful right this second that it's happening, but trying to get to the place where like you almost have too much work to get it done is really the only way that I can like schedule it out. And then with the camera stuff, I just force myself to do it. I'm like, uh, I'm going to do this gear thing. Like I'm going to work with this company and I'm just going to be like this four hour block or day. I'm going to make that video and I have no idea what to do with this camera, but I'm just going to do it anyway. And then like, I'll figure it out afterwards. That's huge. Yeah. I think, yeah, also not judging yourself on the failure potential mm-hmm. as you're going into it. Just 100%. I'm going to make something. I'm going to yeah. release it. It's a moment yeah. in time. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, like, I'm going to put out, I really, I decided, uh, I went through it yesterday finally, but um, I had the thought for, I like put out a record and I'm going to put out um, like uh, demos, not all of them, but like I have a bunch of the songs where like they did not sound like that in the beginning. And I found some early stuff where I was like, the words aren't even the same. Some of it's just like, mush mouth and i think i'm just gonna put it out and be like because i think it's so easy to hear a finished song and just think like oh just always was that but plus i have an idea for like i feel like the posts could be cool if it was like it started with the demo and then it just like flipped into the finished one maybe that's something be huge you know so yeah i feel like that's just like a cool way to like also like connect with people that might want me to like produce their stuff to be like i don't just sound like this like from the beginning like i am with you i feel like so many artists are like you know, very like, is my voice okay? Like, how do I sound? And, you know, which I think the same thoughts. And I feel like showcasing some of that, that it's like, oh no, I am right there with you. It's just, I know like how, what I need to do next, you know, like what the next step is. It's not like you, it's the same thing like a log footage, you know, it's like, that's not what it comes out looking like. Right. You know? Right. Um, before I forget, I just want to ask, so if mm. you're doing three days a week, four hours mm. each session, yeah, how yeah. do you structure that to have an effective amount of output, whatever that is? Yeah, yeah. Um, it depends. Like right now we're a little slower because we started this thing. That was kind of our idea of like, we've never wanted to have like a fan club or anything, but we had this idea for Jason had a record called Ode to Silence that we made together like last year. And it was way more indie. It was really fun. And there's a song called Time Machine on it. And I was like, we should make something called like the time machine where it's like sort of like a subscription thing, but it's like way cooler stuff. And I'd seen some bands like Kevin Morby, like newsletters, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I was like, I don't know if newsletter makes sense. So I don't think like huge amounts of like type stuff is really like his vibe. So I was like, what if we did? Cause he's just got these, like the coolest archival stuff that someone has kept like, Either uh, the first producer, Ron, who's like works with Bruce Springsteen now and stuff. And he actually did like the Guster, the big Guster song and record, which I love. And he's worked with so many people. Um, He's got all the old tapes and like, and like literally like charts for the Studer from like the first Lifehouse record. And like, like with drum mics that are on like Hanging By A Moment, I was like, there's a 421 on the kit. It's like a 421 and some other an sm7 i was like those were the kick mics on that song it's so crazy like to know that and that stuff is so fun that's a little nerdy no one's gonna like care about that but uh except for you know us but um but there's like old demos and stuff which are they sound like completed songs that are beautiful um that he did with ron so we're kind of like we have all this stuff and like all like his wife toured for the first three years and just took photos and she had like taken a photo class so the photos are great 
and they're all like film photos printed out. He's told me all these stories and I was like a big fan of that band. And I'm like, I feel like people like these would be interesting stories to people. And then we've also started doing like reimaginations of um, older songs. So getting all that started has taken like some of that, like kind of clerical stuff has taken some time and we don't have um, our studio is like way out there. So it just is like cell booster boxes. So the internet is terrible. So we're going to start to like switch it up. And I think like Mondays we're going to do at my house to just like get some of that stuff in the system and ready to go. Like, into Squarespace and whatever so that we can just like when the time comes to have it we could be like boop it's up and it's not like waiting for the video to upload um so we're gonna try to like knock out some of that stuff on Mondays because it does kind of just it's like a time suck and then you're like we've tried to sort of be like let's just do a little bit of that and then we'll like finish up this song and then a, a song is taken like four days instead of like one or two or so, three. So the song taking four days, is that like, you know, one day you start, we're going to start with like lyrics mm-hmm. and music this day and then that, and then next time we're going to record a mix or like, do you structure it that way or is it just kind of like, just um, let it all unfold as it unfolds? Yeah, it's more of that. Okay. So like right now if we're working on his solo songs, it's like... They're written and stuff. So in that instance, like if if we were working on like an Oswald song, we're going to write it then. But honestly, even those, like we've kind of switched it up where some, most of the time lately we've been doing more of like, we've set up all these like jam spaces. (laughs) It's all very like high school. It's like a lot sweeter than probably people would imagine. But um, like in our little shop building, we have like another little drum set and little amps and stuff. And um, uh, we're like, let's just try to write a, cause I feel like now it's been like five years of that band and, I feel like we could just sit down. He's like very good at writing lyrics, just like in a flash. I am not as good, but I feel like I can like soundboard and stuff. Um, but I feel like I can come up with cool parts and all that stuff. So it all kind of works out. But one of us will play drums, one will play like guitar or piano or something. So we could do that. Sometimes if it's like an Oswald thing, we would do. Some days we've just sat down and been like, let's just write a bunch of songs. And we just write like three songs or write one song. Uh, or whatever, and then voice memo it, and then come back later. So a lot of the time lately, it's been like, song is written, let's record it now. And if it's like going to be a full production type song, well, one of us will go play drums, make a loop of like four bars, and so it's not just like the click to play acoustic guitar to or whatever. And then we'll pretty much have like most, uh, and I just mix while I record, pretty much. I don't put like the mix bus on until I'm about to like, you know, lander it or whatever. But um, we'll pretty much do, we'll have that drum loop. Then we'll do like uh, whatever, like it's usually it's like rhythm guitar or acoustic guitar. And then usually it's bass because bass is kind of just filled up a lot of space for us. It's almost always that like Hoffner bass that he has an old one, which is sounds so awesome. Um, and then we're like, okay, this is like, let's just sing on it now. So we know where we are for all the textural stuff. And then, and where I guess some people would call that like a scratch vocal, which when I produce people like that come to like over to my studio, I'll do the same thing just because I'm like, I don't really know, especially if it's like, if it was one of like, uh, we were recording like one of Jason's solo songs. I don't know the song. And like, I, I am a little lazy. I don't like, I don't like sit around and like listen to the voice memo and be like, I'm going to study like the crap out of this song and have all these ideas beforehand. I'm like path of least resistance and like time to me is like, just sing on the song and then I'll listen back to it and I'll put the markers in and I'll be like, Oh, okay. I get it now. You know? Um, so I kind of always do that. And then I think that 85% of the time, those are just the vocals we use, but usually there's like the lead vocal that's going to be done. There's a drum loop, which is 99%. Sometimes like the popular songs, like the first three 
singles for the Oswald record, those are just drum loops and then overdubbed fills. So sometimes like day one, the loop is there and the fills come on another day. So like the day two, day three stuff is like harmonies, accent guitar parts, synth parts, maybe um, if we overdub drums, like percussions last usually, but that kind of stuff where it's like, because I think you kind of want to see how full you can get it. And that's the fun part of like putting the mix bus on and landering it and like hearing it. Cause if it just sounds done and sometimes it does. And then you're like, those are the most special songs. Cause then you're not like clouding it up with like, I feel like if you don't have to put percussion on a song, it's kind of like a victory. Cause you're like, it's harder to pull off that level of like stimulation without needing it. But some songs, if we're like doing some other stuff or if it's just like a harder song that's a little more out of like our wheelhouse, a little, like or we're just trying to finally like get in a new territory, those can take it. They're a little harder to crack the code on, I think. It's just like like most of the song will be done the first day or two, but then you're just like, ah, something's still, it's just not like big enough yet or like it's stuff like that where you got to kind of sit with it or cut a section or something like that, which might take like a couple days to figure that out. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. the um, You mentioned the idea of like, when I didn't have a lot to do, I'd go back and kind of be depressed. Uh, yeah, um, for sure. I with, with, well, and so what I'm curious about is uh, what your perspective is on the the chicken or the egg relationship of being busy um, mm. and being happy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and where depression and anxiety, like, like do, yeah. do you become busy to distract yourself from the depression, or 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 is yeah. it? Um, a lack of having things and completing things mm -hmm. causing the depression or yeah yeah well I think I think the funny thing too is like isn't everybody talking about like Bruce Springsteen plays like for like four hours because I think he like for sure is like gets off stage and is like you know it's not as fun and uh, but I think yeah. I like to I think the most like satisfied I am is when I like start something or work on something in the day and then I have like something to show for it at the end of the day that I can be like ah, I made this thing and then you have the, and when you get that closure before it's like kiddo time and le, and then you're and it's not spilling over into that because that's super I can't handle that very well um I just feel like I'm not like the most present person because I'm like oh, I just want oh, I just need to solve this like because I think it is all a video game to me I think that's why I like playing video games sometimes I'm like I'll go like work on a song after like a production and I'm like crushing it because I think my hands are like moving you know um but I do I think it's I think it's like a little bit of both I think I've definitely sometimes gone too far into the working side and then it's, or if it's like a song, you're just like, like sometimes it's hard. And I feel like most songs I can like salvage and get to the place where like, that's not nice. Salvage isn't the right word. I think most <laughs> of the time it's just me not digesting it like fast enough because it's, it's not the most obvious thing to me or something or like sections of a song just feel like all over the place. And I'm like, oh, like, I could make this work, but it just is harder because you're like, okay, because it's, it's all just trying to find that match the energy level of like a singer or something and like make sure the song's big where they want to be big and small where they want to be small. But if it's changing like every two beats, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. But I think even like lately songs that have been like really hard to figure out, I figured them out, but it's just like, like, <sighs> so that's not like the most fun thing ever sometimes, but I feel like the fulfillment of like, I think I just get bored and then it's just like, and then I just sit around and I'm like, I don't know what to do with my day. Like that. I feel like having stuff like being busier like that and being like, I made this thing. And then, and then working into that, like if I know I have like four hours off or like a day off and being like, let's hang. And like, I have like a question on my camera stuff. Like I like very purposefully being like, I'm going to like learn that today. Or like, I'm going to like, 
I got this new synth thing that I, you know, there's still always times where I just have nothing to do. So it's like, there's always time to mess around with drums. Or sometimes, like, if it's, I really do like the remote thing because I can do it whenever I want. I don't have to, like, get it all done within, like, a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, so sometimes if it's, like, it, could, it doesn't matter what the song is. It could be, like, a super simple song that would I could have gotten a track started for the singer to like put a new scratch vocal on in like a couple hours. But sometimes I'll spend the entire day and just like, which I'm sure you do the same. It's like just those spirals where you're like, for some reason the drums just like, they always sounded good. But until that day you're like, man, I just wish I could get this sound out of them. And then you just like rabbit hole, you know? But I, I feel like every time you do it, you, you, you come out of the other side with like, something and i feel like that's sometimes, nothing more than literally just knowledge of what not to do next time <laughs> dude 100 i think so much of that and being like there's been times where i've taken the front head of the bass drum on and off four times and been like what is this? what am i doing and but then i have like my drummer buddy come over uh andrew and like i'd be like okay you play the drums and i'll set some levels and then i'll try not to change them for a while you know to just like try to limit myself and be like okay this sounded good i think it should sound good so I'll try to do stuff like that. Like in my head, I think everything should be just like a preset and like there should be one perfect setting. So it's like, it's hard because music isn't that. Um, but yeah, I think there's always just some balance. And I think that honestly, funny enough, I think sometimes the freelance producing thing is just procrastination of me. Like I have a song or two that I should finish of my own and I just haven't done it. And I've had them for like two weeks, three weeks written and it's like a weird, it's like a weird laziness, but it's not lazy because it's work and it's like pays the, the rent, but it's, but in a weird way, it is procrastinating to do my own music for sure. Well, I mean, okay. So for me, I have a pile of things that I'm supposed to get done. Quote yeah. Unquote, and I, uh, the truth is, is that most of that is self-imposed totally. and, and so, and self-imposed in ways that become crushing and depressing for me at times because yeah, yeah. I have so much that I haven't gotten done and look yeah. at all of this And then pile. you get mad at yourself because you're like, oh, I'm so far behind. You right. Know? But I like I like hearing the way you're explaining it. The way I'm feeling from it is that there yeah. is so much that you're able to do yeah. when you want to do it, but there's yeah. not this like ethics attached to the completion of it. Right? Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, yeah. It's not like, yeah. and like, I feel like lately, weirdly, everyone has been pretty lax. Like I, there's this one girl I'm working with who is younger and on like a um, like an awesome indie label out of Seattle, and the label is also an artist-run thing. And I'm like, oh, these guys like she's got like a song with like a lot of you know listens on Spotify already, and I'm like, this is so exciting, like this is so cool. I'm like, she must like be like, I gotta get this out. And I think that the deadline is like it's gonna come out like October, November, and we're like mostly done. But um, but they're just like. We're just taking our time. Like, they're so chill about it. I'm like, that is great. Like, you should be that because it's so easy to be like, I get, you know, I think the video game thing for sure, the Spotify and like the monthly listener. I've been to Spotify meetings and they're like, someone was like, just trying to ask the like, you know, the singles versus the album thing. And they just like had a blank stare in their face. And they're like, I mean, like basically not, not saying that like if, which I think everybody looks at monthly listeners for sure. Not that any of our projects are like, mind-blowing in that department but um but i do think that it's just like keeping putting stuff out is does help you know and there's no if ands or buts about it i did like i have two solo records out now the first one i put every song out as a single and i was like am i annoying people 
And they all got way, like, way more attention individually than now just being like, I did three singles and then the record. And it's, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, that's like a harder to get those other tracks to kind of really, like, live their little truth. Interesting. And you can, like, you know, I'll, I'll I use, like, Submit Hub and stuff to, like, submit to blogs and playlists and stuff. And you can do it after they're out, and that's fine. But I just get bored with it. And I'm like, that's why I was like, I should do the demos thing. And maybe I'll... Not sure how I'm going to put them out yet. I don't know if I'm how many like I'll do as singles, but I'll probably space them out. And then, and then there's the waterfall thing that people do now, where you see it's like you know you put the a single out and then you put your next single out, but the first one's on it. And I was like, I don't know if I'll do that or like if I should like put the finished song in the each batch so that it's like demo and then it auto plays into the real one. That stuff is so weird, by the way. I, was, I had to call my buddy yesterday because I had that question about the waterfalling thing with the thing of, you know, first single, second single. I didn't even know it was called waterfalling until yesterday. And I've said the word like 400 times since yesterday. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll try this time. I think it's like, yeah, changing all the time. Yeah. But I think what you what you said, though, is like promoting each song a little bit as a single yeah. release throughout the, the course of the album and then yeah. going makes a lot of sense to me. Not that I think I so. experience. I think so too. And I think it's tough because everyone looks at this stuff from different perspectives of like bigger bands and like them maybe, you know, like, yeah, they can like just drop a record and like people will like, you know, hit it. But like, it's different for everyone. And I think we also, I was talking to my wife about this with like her job and like the concept of we're all always worried about like annoying people on like social media, but people follow so many people you're posting stuff anyway that's like music related. It's not gonna like annoy anyone. It's it's fine. I think it's, it has to do with the value you're depositing, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. if you're if you're giving them creative and inspiring ideas or something funny yeah. or thoughtful or yeah. interesting, then I yeah. mean you're not taking. But if you're yeah. if you're asking because I've got this new book out or I've got this new thing or yeah, yeah. I mean I guess like over beating the pre-saves or whatever it could be yeah you know? i never do the pre-save yeah. i'm sure i should but i'm just like i'm so sensitive to that stuff because there's some people that like if it bugs me i'm like unfollow like i just not yeah i don't want to you know but i i feel like i've never i've never once seen someone be like my i have a song out check it out and like here here is some of it you know like yeah. in the whatever the social media app is i don't think that's ever like bummed me out so i feel like i should just uh it does work. The singles thing does. I feel like it does work a little better. So you just get more time to stretch between things and the never ending spiral of Spotify. <laughs> it's so addicting though. It's so much fun. Okay. So, you know, you're talking about using DistroKid yeah. and, you know, distributing. And then we've had discussions about the ideas of how do you manage all the royalties and how do you oh, yeah, create, yeah. A, you know, like the yeah. functional business plan. And yeah. it's become quite apparent to me, not that it's too hard to see that it's really complicated like the system yeah in order to do it well and completely yeah is pretty fractured i guess um yeah and it's weird and it's intimidating i think as somebody newer trying to be like what do i do i, I mean yeah I, I, my goal is to get on spotify of course but then yeah how do yeah. you make sure you're set up to for all the correct things and yeah you know, I, mean, I think that like it's not as hard as you think i think it is and it isn't i think it's it's all the things it's like because there's like sound exchange and that whole thing and i'm like i don't even know if all my songs are in sound exchange and like i try to make sure they are but i think that like i think the biggest thing because then there's like bmi and that whole side of it and making sure you're got your stuff in there 
I'm pretty sure you can pretty much put your stuff in BMI after it's out. It's not like the end of the world. I think they're like, oh, yeah. someone's going to steal my song. Like, no. mail it to yourself. It's going to be fine. Like, just, you know, like, um, making sure it's in there, making sure, like, uh, District is great, or, like, whatever you use, like, because it just goes to all the places, you know? It goes right. to, it shows up immediately, too. Like, I usually try to make sure I have, like, two weeks. Sometimes I do a week ahead. But then it's like the whole Spotify for artists thing is like you're supposed to maybe give them like three weeks, three or four months. weeks, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I honestly don't know if I noticed a difference. The back when I was getting like the the couple songs that I've gotten like full like really exciting things happen with with their playlists have been well before you could even submit on that thing. And it, I do think that that's probably where they pull the songs from. I think literally like I've like met a couple playlisters and they're like that's all we do. They seem tired and that's all they do all day is just go through those submissions and like. So I think it's worth doing. I think it's legit. Yeah. I think it's hard to sit there and think of like what mood your song fits because it's never any of those moods. Yeah. You know, like you would need the human emotion is not seven different moods. It's not like chill, romantic, fiery. Like there's way more emotions a song could be. Like sa- I'm like, when are they gonna put sassy in there? You know, disco I think has AI now that's oh really that's auto identifying and then when you go fix and, and change it like i'm like oh what a gift because that titling yeah. and tagging concept of anything is does it a nightmare you, and it's like when you yeah. listen to when you watch tv everyone's chasing the sync thing when you watch tv and you hear a sync it fits lyrically perfectly every time and you're like of course i didn't get that one because it's like exactly the perfect lyric to a point where it's almost cheesy but it's like so literal and perfect but but yeah, that would take like so much work on like a tagging side to like find that exact song that you would, or you just know it already in the top of your head and you're like, I'm going to use this. Because some of that stuff you can get paid afterwards. Like I think that yeah. I didn't have songs in Sound Exchange like the right way. And I like tried to put some more in or there's like a search function sometimes. Yeah. And then it was like, there's just money that had been in there for like three years. It wasn't, it was like a couple hundred bucks. But thankfully, I think a lot of those, those types of st- Places are trying to look out for like musicians and stuff. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like District Kid, like there'll be money in that account, like every couple months. And I'm like, oh, okay, like think assuming that it just won't ever even be anything because it's streaming. And then when you're like, oh, okay, like, you know, that, that there's a lot of songs in there at this point. There's like, you know, it's got to be like 200, 300 songs now or something. Like it's a lot of stuff in there. But, but every couple months, you're just like, you're like, oh, cool, that'll pay for some of the, you know, the vinyl or like the bills of the other stuff that we buy for the studio. <laughs> I think where it gets really tricky though is splitting that, which district kids great for stuff. Like you can do splits, which if you're like, if you're on district kid, I'm on district kid. Like I also have like a personal one too. Um, and we are like, we're going to write a song. Let's split a 50, 50, super easy. You can do it in there. I think one person still kind of has to pay the fee maybe. Um, but and then that should just kind of take care of that side of it as long as you like register and BMI and stuff too the same way. A tricky thing that would come in is like, you're like, okay, I'm writing with like these two or three other people. And then like, it's just like the accounting side of it is where it gets squirrely. And that's when like, it helps to have like an actual publishing company deal with that and like right. manage that stuff because it can be, that's a lot. That's like overwhelming to me versus like, at least for our stuff, it's so simple and like, the Oswald stuff, like all that stuff, we just split it and it just goes into one place. And we're like, we have an Oswell entity that is like the two of ours and it's shared. So it's just like easy to keep it all, at least the way we have it kind of set up, it's like very simple. So that's nice. That's cool. What what, what have you learned most from Jay? 
I think just so much stuff. I mean, I think it's funny because like the more time goes on too, the more I'm like, I think I was like, I joined like the Lifehouse band and I was like, like oh, intimidated. And you, it is intimidating. You walk in and like, I had like played in a lot of opening slots on tours, like in a van. I was the tech. <laughs> like, and you know, you have like your one amp and your two guitars or whatever. And it, it's super fun. That was all great. Then you walk in and you're like, whoa, this is like, like, we share like a tech, you know, like we have like a guitar tech and then there's like a bass drum tech and then there's an in-ear guy and a front of house guy. And like, and you're like, whoa, this is like different. And and there's a lot of personalities there just even with the crew. And like, there's so much of like the branded part of it, like meet and greets and all this stuff to where you kind of like, it's easy to kind of like, just like let that trick you a little bit of like, you see all these posters and you're like, whoa, we're like, we're like that brand, you know? Like there's a weird, you can get in your head about it, but then it's funny to come home and just work on music and, and none of that be a part of it. And I love that uh, Jay has been, <laughs> he's never been a person who's like had like the records in the studio. And I love that. And I think I'm the same way. Like I have a little record wall of just like, you know, vinyls on my, and I'm like, I, I should put more of like the Oswald records up there. I think I have Jay's record on the wall, which I made with him. So it sort of doesn't count, but, um, but I'm like, even seeing my own solo record up there freaks me out. And I'm not even talking like the, I'm talking like. For him, it's like the the gold plaques and stuff. But he's like, yeah, no, I don't hang those up. I'm like that, and I think that he like the perspective was so cool about it because he's like, I just feel like then you're just like, you're just chasing that, or you're just like you're thinking like, well, I did that like once. How do I do it again? They're just like that's horrible. Like, I mean, if I had gold, I think I'd probably hang. I might hang them up somewhere, you know. <laughs> but but his aren't hanging anywhere. They're like I. We were going through the garage one day, and it was just a box of them. And he's like, "Do you? Do you? Are he's got these like funny awards too? None of them. Nothing is up. None of that." And I think that's so rad because it's just it keeps like I feel like when we work together and stuff, it's just like this vibe where you're just like it's just like playing music like when you're in like high school and stuff with like buddies. It's not anymore. There's a lot of gear and stuff, but like you know, same with like you have a beautiful piano, but it's not like it's not like intimidating, you know, in a in a in a way. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, I think that's pro like, however you could sum that up, I think that's almost the biggest thing. Because I think that I used to think like, oh, I couldn't write like a song, be like that, like a, like a song on the radio. That's like, that must be such a, like a hard thing to do, or it just must be such a, like a process or like, you know, the big studio, the big intimidating studios, all that stuff. I think it's like just hearing the demos that he had for like the first like couple records and stuff, or there's demos I've heard of one of the records where it's just him on drums and making loops and stuff. And they sound a lot like the Dunn songs. And you're like, Oh, this wasn't like, it just, it, there isn't like that much, like there are no, not as many, like I used to think there was like some secret pedal or like some like, Oh, you know, there's none of that. It's just like people being creative and just like making stuff and like having fun making stuff. And it's not any more complicated than that. It's like when it gets more complicated than that, I think it's people creating the illusion that it's more complicated because of, for whatever other reason, but I don't think any of it really ever is. It's just like, and I think that was my biggest hang up for like writing songs. I didn't write songs until like a couple of years ago, honestly, like I would, and I remember getting into it the first, like, do you ever remember like the first like sort of co-writing thing you did where you're like, what if the word the was like there? Or like you change some stupid little word and you think like, man, I'm like really writing today. <laughs> like I remember like I like was hanging with a buddy one day and like he had a like a writing thing that he was going to do later that day. And I just kind of like stayed, you know, and I was like, 
maybe I could write. Yeah, that was like such a funny, but I don't know. It's funny that that wasn't like that long ago, I guess. I, I remember last time we were talking, you said that moment where James oh, like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't, yeah, it sounds like you weren't trying. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, yeah, you play me some of these songs where I've heard some of the songs that aren't, you know, the songs that you have to write to get to those songs or whatever. But like still, so there's like songs in that that first life I struck that are mind blowing and like beautiful, crazy chords, like Elliot Smith chords and stuff, like weird Beatles chords. And he was like 16. I was like, how did you what? I was like, I couldn't write music like that when I was and, but I did try to like write like a song or two. And he was like, I think you just didn't, you just didn't like try to do it enough. Like you just didn't. You got you wrote those first two and you're like, oh, like these aren't good. He's like, I have those songs too, but then I wrote like a lot more. And it's even cool now to do the time machine thing together and hear the songs that are really beautiful and really great. But in, in it's the same thing as what we all do in here where you're like, oh, I hear like elements of these other songs that did end up making it on that first record that are in this song too. And this is like a beautiful, super artsy, cool song. It's just maybe there was another one that kind of pushed it out of the way to like, maybe it was just more digestible or something like simpler in a way. Um, but it's funny to hear those other songs and be like, this also sounds great. I think I focused my energy at that age on just like playing guitar. And I'm glad I did because now I don't really think about playing guitar and I just like do it when I need to do it. And I love guitar, but it's never like when we talk about like, I'm going to figure out how to use this camera or like, I'm going to figure out how to like make album artwork or figure out how to like any of that stuff. A guitar, I don't have to worry about. It's just like, it's good to go. It's like, I know I can do it when I need to do it. And it's honestly fun in the making songs Usually I'll try to avoid it. I like try to like focus on every other thing or like the slide guitar thing into the chorus where you do the rocket man. Like it always works. So I try not to do it like percussion. And then I'm like, all right, like maybe I should just do it, you know, but it, like it's so insecure. That it's going to be like the same thing on every song, but stuff like that. I think I try to kind of like push myself a little bit at least and try other stuff first, but then at least, you know, like you can go back to it. And, right. Like I could probably just play some guitars almost to the point, I think for myself, like to a fault. Cause the other day I was like, maybe I should just like me and Jason always skip. Sometimes we'll just skip the obvious rhythm guitar part. And we're like, what? Like when you're asking like, what would like a four day song look like? Which we had a song on this new record, the song Madame Mercury, that was really hard, but that was a mix thing. Really. Um, it was too funky. It like needed reverb or something. Cause we were like, it was like the wrong box for us. But, um, but we were working on one of Jason's solo songs and we were like, what is this? like, it's like really fast and it's cool. And the drums are really punchy and like the vocals are cool. And it, the main rhythm instrument was that little uke, same thing, maybe a different brand than the one we both have, but same exact thing. Really tuned up like a half step higher, maybe like, it's just sometimes they're not all in the same key by accident, I think. And um, we were like, what's missing? And he was like, oh, I think it's just like the like what I would play at a show, like just the rhythm electric. So it's not exciting, but you think of, like you don't think about it because you want to play all this other stuff. But I was working on a production for uh, something in my house the other day too, and I was like, maybe I should just like plug like again the guitars you play at shows where you're like, I don't want to. It's like maybe I should plug like the SG into the box and just play like some like pretty jangly chords. And I was like. Oh yeah, that does sound pretty good, you know, but you don't think to do it. Cause you're just, I'm always trying to find the quirky little weird, like lead part that almost sounds like a keyboard part first and spend the time on that. And, and sometimes you don't need the rhythm electric, you know, sometimes the acoustics is enough or other things are filling it up, but 
I think I, I look past the obvious stuff sometimes and then you go and do it and you're like, yeah, you know, that did sound good. <laughs> where, where do you place failure or the fear of it? Um, with that, like, you know, you've got to go through a process of, of attempting ideas and playing with them, realizing, like you said, like the, yeah. the front of the kick drum is on and off and off. Uh, like, like yeah. you're just going to play for a while and then, yeah, yeah. and then you transition into like, oh, I, I just, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to release it. We'll call it good. Like, like yeah, there's yeah. like a big gap there. in the middle of those two things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think I mean, of what the bass drum day was. There's been a couple of them, but. But just generally, I think more. Yeah. Like, I think just like trying to keep moving because. I feel like another, uh, when me and Jay are working on stuff, you'll give a part like, I think just moving fast enough to where you give a part, I'm worse on my own because sometimes, you know, there's no one there to keep you moving. Um, but you just try a part. And then if you're kind of just like, if it takes too long, you're like, mm, I feel like the song is just like rejecting it. And it's just like, no, no, that's not it. And so you just move on and you try something else. And then, and then you're like, oh, that is easier. I think we're all mixing as we go. I don't know who isn't at this point. And so if it doesn't just fit in the mix, and a lot of the times it's like an octave related thing or just like, you know, like just the EQ of an instrument is, I think it's really tricky too, because I maybe mix too much as I go. Stuff can start to sound really loud and I'm trying to add more tracks and I'm competing with this like, so I'm probably coming in a little too hot because I'm competing with this like thicker track. And that's when it gets a little harder, I think. And it's like, you don't want to have to go in and like turn all levels down. It's like a whole thing. Um, but at that point, like maybe the parts that you still need are pointier, smaller, taking up space in a mixed parts. So I kind of think that it, 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 it works itself out, you know, we're like, maybe we do just need, like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know I have a guitar that's kind of doing the like Beatles like thing, but it doesn't, it's not speaking loud enough in the mix. And rather than going down the rabbit hole of like EQing it more. So maybe we just add one like in the last chorus that's like a stabbier thing and then we move on. I think my main spot of like the failure-ish idea of like where stuff goes to die is the voice memos, I think for me. Most of the time, if I start something, I probably finish it. The ones I'm not going to put out are the ones that I did crush in one day. And I'm like, that was a great song. You know, where I'm like, this actually went really well. So like, there's nothing to show. It would maybe be a voice memo, but which maybe that would be cool, but... I'm like more interested in the ones that were harder to do. And I started in the computer and like, you know, kind of wrote them in the session a little bit more to show, but I really only had one full song that ever made it to like the record two folder in my hard drive that I didn't finish. Um, but I'm going to put it out anyway. Cause I think it's like kind of funny that it sounds so different. It's like fully like, a, it's like some sort of like Peter Gabriel vibe. And I was like, I don't know with like, I think I was trying to rip off the Smith's how soon is now guitar part, but on acoustic. So maybe for the best that I didn't finish that one. I just, uh, just trying to keep moving. I think is always the, um, just to get that thing to like, look at at the end of the day that you did. I feel like that is really the main drive. I guess. What advice would you give yourself, your 14 year old self? Mm. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I was a better guitar player than, you know, you ever think about that when you're just like sitting there practicing all the day? Like I uh, went and hung out with some buddies recently and it was like, I thought I was just hanging out with my buddy, uh, Andrew, that is drummer. And there was like two other dudes there with just like set up in a PA. And I was like, are we jamming? And I was like, I am. It was funny because it was such a like a shocking, like, I was like, I don't know. I know the songs that like, I played with my dad in a cover band in high school. And I know like some Tom Petty songs that I covered in like another band, 
I was like, I don't know any. And they're just like jamming on these these covers. And I was like, I have a hard time keeping up in those situations. And it's funny because I feel like when I was in high school, I would have been better in that situation. So I think it's just all different. I don't know that I would have been interested in writing songs in high school. I think I would have been bored with it. And um, in my first interface, I got like, I was trying to write a song. My parents were the sweetest. And they were like, they went to Guitar Center and like got me this little, the Line 6 interface. Remember the big chunky red yeah, one that was yeah. like when the pod came out? So I had that in this like free from like the IT department computer that was like Windows pieced together old computer that my dad brought home one day. And these gigantic, because he just had them from his dad, these like, he still has them and I'm going to take them at some point. But these huge like Altec Lansing like monitors. So <laughs> it was like the most ridiculous rig. But so I think I was like, I had I think I've always had the interest to do the producing stuff, but I think I just like wanted to play guitar back then. So um i don't know i think 14 year old stevie uh live your truth you know it's uh i don't know that if i changed anything then it would have changed much now i think it's like i feel like i bills are you know getting paid so making tunes i feel like it's it's fine that's what uh, you know <clears throat> what encouragement would you give to other people who struggle to uh, feel comfortable releasing you know? Yeah, I think you got to trick yourself. I feel like the work should be fun. I think that's a hard thing. And like, like I'm stoked to mess with that OP1 because I'm like, if that's a way for me to get into like fake drums and do it in a way that I actually find to be fun and not like, I like there's just some zones of producing where I can see it and I just don't want to do it. I just, like, I don't know what it is that feels like a red flag to me, but I'm just like, it makes me... And I think it's stuff where I've I've had issues before, like MIDI popping up wrong. Have you ever had that happen where yeah. like you open a session back up and it's like the, the synths like out of tune and you're like, it's did what is happening? Or it's just not working. And or like the sustain pedal isn't triggering the right spot. And you're like, so like just finding workarounds of that, of like those nightmares of which obviously you do the same stuff with like the camera stuff and like your whole workflow with that. Like I think workflow for sure sounds so dorky. Um but I think just like really trying to like when we got our like red camera, I remember I was like putting it together the day I got it. And I was just like almost stressed. It took me a whole day to just like sort of figure it out a little bit. And just I almost had a panic attack with the Pelican case because I was like, I don't want to have to like take this stupid thing apart every time. Like I w and I was literally like down to the minutia of like, well, I not need this flathead screwdriver at home if it's in this case at the studio ever like you know like right. that little tiny stupid stuff that's why we throw out. ours in grocery bags and i mean not yeah like literally no, seriously though yeah i'm like that stresses <laughs> like, me out like yeah. that stuff stresses me out more than anything like the ba the stupid stuff like the bass drum i'll like go to bed and be like Fuck, like the bass drum sound like oh like should i be and i'll like plan out or like i used to stress myself out a lot like uh, when we be we would be on tour like playing one-offs and stuff because i would like wish I was home mixing because I think I do genuinely love the process of that stuff and I would just be like pre-planning thing moves I would make which I don't think is a good idea I think that is a fast track to go backwards on stuff but say, say that again the, the what do you mean the planning oh I would just watch tons of YouTube videos about mixing and get like so stoked on like plug-in tricks or something and I come right. home and try to do every trick I found right and be like what did I say to this song save as is super important yeah. Also, I think uh, a super helpful tool in um, it's so stupid, and I'm sure everybody already does it, but like just like on a Mac and Finder, it's just hitting the space bar and just trying to A B songs like really fast like that. And to just be like, if you're going backwards on a mix or something with like how punchy it is, or how like sometimes, because I, 
I don't really know how to like gain stage properly. Like just make it sound good. But sometimes you'll start messing with stuff and you're like, oh, got to turn the levels down and all this different stuff. But then if you just go to that finder window, I love that it's just white and like there's no vibe. And you just like, you can't deny if you go back and forth between two mixes and one's just like anemic. And you're like, just go back, just go back to the other one. And like, I was uh, working with this girl um, remotely right now, completely different artist. And I like totally turned her song into this like dream indie thing and she didn't like it. And I had this version that I had just sent her that was like bonehead. Like I just went in and played a drum loop, but trying to make it sound a little bit like affected and just put it places. And I was trying to just kind of like map out the energy of the song and I sent it to her and there's maybe some other parts. Um, very little vocal, anything like time spent on that. And she was like, I really loved that one. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah, I spent a lot of time on this new version. Screw it. Like who cares? She's stoked here. So just go back there and just start from that. Like save the other one as like, I think I saved a copy as so that like if I wanted to go back, because I reverted maybe to like a timestamp thing. And I was just like path of least resistance. Like sometimes I try to do too much, I think, to like blow people away. But I think sometimes maybe it's better to just like take it baby steps, you know, um, on some of that stuff. So I feel like, and she's totally stoked on it now. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think you're totally right. The idea of finding like you, the OP one or uh, totally, maybe totally. the noise machine thing or Dude, so things 100%. that just super inspire. But like, talk to me more about the trick yourself. Yeah. So I think to me, like a lot of that is like, I still write most of my songs on acoustic guitar. I wish I had like an upright piano, um, but but I think that's almost what, uh, this is a great example. Because I don't have an upright piano, when I go play one, so easy to write a song. Like, because I don't have one. And it's like, oh, this is like the coolest sounding thing. If you play the same guitar over and over, like I hear, so like I saw an interview of like Big Thief and she's got just this like newer Martin. At this point, I'm sure it's like 20 years old. She's like, I've written every song on this guitar. And I was like, how? I don't know how you would do that. Cause I'm like, I would get so bored with that one guitar that I think I need like a little, I, and I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I kind of have like this one little old Gibson that I've written a lot of the songs on. But um, I think like go on vacation and don't bring your guitar. You know, stuff like that, where when you come back and you're like, the magic's back again. You know, I remember there's time, I remember A, going to music school, sucked the living bejesus out of the magic of guitar for me. Um, working at Guitar Center for two weeks, completely gone. Like sometimes being on tour kind of kills it, depending. Sometimes it brings it back and you're like, like sound check is so much fun because you're like, oh, you know, it's loud and it's, you know, it's, it's, you don't, you're not just playing the, the, the zones, you know, you know, for the songs that, you know, they're going to play and, um, having your guitars out where you can see them, you know, that kind of thing. And having guitars, you think it looks super cool. Me and Jay talk about that. We're like, I'd rather, cause I was like, one day we were just talking about it. And I was like, you know, people are like, what do you look for first in an instrument? Should, should it, what is it? Feel good, sound good, look cool or whatever. Me and him, number one, gotta look cool. It's a hundred percent true. At this point, like we've all played music to like long enough to the point where like we're not gonna pick a strat up and just play like a strat song every time. You know, it's not like you know, when you first like start to kind of play guitar and you're like, Oh, I'm playing Les Paul now, I should play like a song you think was recorded on a Les Paul, which it probably wasn't, um, is the irony there. But um I think once you get past that stage and you're just like I'm like I I wish I sounded more different on different guitars, you know, cause I don't, it's like, I got a couple of things that I do and, and, or that just like, are like, you know, it's going to sound like, and you're going to try to dial in the amount of brightness that you're probably like used to, 
which I've spiraled on like the coily cable versus straight cable. The coily is darker. But it's like, just turn the tone knob up. You know, it's like, who cares? Just like you. And I've been recording with the coily cables lately more because I'm like, they look so sick. And I didn't forever because I was like, they don't sound as good. But now I do it and I'm like, I don't even care. Like it, I can get it to sound good. It's fine. You know, um, honestly, it's been fun. I got some of those Vox amps to mess with and they can get so bright that it's like, it's perfect because there's more there if you need it. Use that coily cable. I have like literally on purpose, almost everything's plugged in, in like little areas and zones like um, of my house. And almost everything has like, like even the other day just bought another one of the stupid like power supply thing for the pedal because I got to put like a reverb pedal like on my like one AC-15 that's in that corner, you know, because it's like, and I just try to like pick stuff up every once in a while to try to just like play on it and see if I can come up with something and like because the songs are always it's not really I don't think I start songs like in my daytime thing I think it's almost always like hanging out with like my family or something or like my wife's like oh, I gotta go take a shower for a minute or like whatever it is and it's then when you just like pick a thing up for like five minutes expecting nothing to come out of it I feel like that's when you write songs if all your guitars the same thing is if you put your camera away like in a pelican case and parts you're never gonna use that thing <laughs> like you know if you put your guitar away in a hard shell case in the closet you are never gonna write a song you know if you put your guitar like on the wall and you can see all my guitars are like taunting me in my house they're like all in this, all the acoustics are on this, like, uh, it almost looks like a guitar center thing, like a rack thing on the wall. And if I sit on my couch and look at my TV, they're just right there. So it's just like, it's kind of like manifesting in my brain that I'm like, maybe I should go play that thing, man. Like, that's the trick though, is like, and making sure like, the guy like the strings to be pretty old usually. So like, you're not going to get anything out of it if they're like brand new and they're like, you know, just destroying you off of your vibes. But and like what a lot of uh, like uh, home studio dudes are doing, the same thing, just like everything's already plugged in. Everything is like, because the second you have to start thinking about it, you're like, man, I'm over it. Because the insecurity is huge. It's always right there, ready to be like, you suck, this song sucks, how dare you? Or it sounds like another song, that's the worst. So I think just like trying to stay ahead of that, that like little guy chasing you, you know, is the hardest thing. Um, but... Yeah, I think just like it being fun and it feeling like it's like a little little like playground in there where it's like, you know, and keeping your vibe, keeping weird people out of your space too, I think I realize is like so much of your vibe is just like, you know, be picky, I think, with the people that come in. Because sometimes when like uh, it's crazy how much you can like have a studio forever. And I remember sessions in older studios where it's, an artist will come in and you're like, it's almost like it's not even in the same room. You know, you're like, this is weird. This feels weird now. Like, and you got to like cleanse that. You got to get some like Palo Santo or something like, and start you like, that's, it's a tough, uh, I think like really spending the time. I just feel like any like extra cash I have, I just like buy stupid stuff from my house. You know, it's always that like making sure get the clutter away, you know, stuff like that. Like, right. I feel like that makes a huge difference to me. Right. Um, yeah, that's a long winded, uh, way of saying clean up your living room but you know like i can't work if i have stuff like i gotta like clean my desk off i gotta like spray it down yeah get it clean freaks it, me out it shuts me down 100 sure. yeah, instantly yeah. and yeah. it's that what the like that like almost depressed like i don't know where to start thought i'm just like it smells weird in there like gotta take the garbage out gotta clean that cat litter <laughs> you know can't even do it the kids yep. toys everywhere i'm like when i have sessions at my house i'll like 
take Bowie's toys and I'll take his high chair and put it in his room. I'm like, I just, I'm like, this is so close to looking like a studio that I'm just going to hide it and just like, and it feels so nice for a minute and then it comes back. Right. I'm trying to figure out that like, how do you not have a place that that stuff goes? Mm -hmm. Because I I have versions of that, but then they just Mm -hmm. grow because I'm buying, I've got new cables or I bought like the tentacle sinks or about the, you know, oh yeah, yeah. like it is always stuff that I'm like trying out where the boxes go and what is that? Oh dude, I spent, I faced it, but it throws me off. Oh, it's yeah. like I, I trip over it in my head. It's not even a thing. Yeah. It's actually in my way, but it. I go down yeah. such a rabbit hole with that stuff and like all the little cable hider, um, like sleeve things. And yeah. like, I, <laughs> my space is so small compared to Jason's studio, but it's so funny because it's like all the tricks I found from wiring his up, I used in mine. And it's like, it's sick. It's so streamlined. It's like, like it's how you have like your camera step hit, like hidden behind your desk and it's so genius to put that back there. Like, yeah. But mine is like you can't see a single cable on the desk because it's all like attached to the bottom and down the sides and like. Yeah. I found these little like those like little um, cable hider boxes. I found these rad like olivey green, mint green. Like they like they even have this like pattern on them and I bought three and they were like way too expensive for what they were. But all the cables like line inside of those behind the desk, so you see like nothing. And but to run my cables to my little drum room, I have the sliding doors, and the sleeve goes like behind the little tab, so I have to literally take the door off every time to rerun the cables. <laughs> uh, but worth it because it looks so clean, like so yeah. clean, and I have like you know eight or nine mics running there that like it's it's all hidden behind an amp wall yeah. on the way in, so you don't see like any of it, and it's yeah. Um, that yeah. here I had to like totally balance the OCD with the like, it's fine to have cables that run like totally in the opening. Like, I feel like this like, feels like more of an actual studio room, like this bigger room than yeah. mine does. So it's like at a certain point there are going to be cable. Like it's, it's yeah. Like, you know? like but, but I do want it to be clean. It's, I don't want it to like yeah. run across the floor and yeah. yeah no, you yours know, are all like the, around the edge. And, and we built the desk so that we can punch a hole in the top yep. and run them under. Yeah. That's what we did last time. Yeah. But I haven't gotten to the point where I want to punch a hole in that beautiful piece yeah. of wood. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we go yeah. back, but I'm with you. It, like, it's it throws to, me. The like, dust thing yeah. is tricky, too, because, okay, so you get the bigger monitor. Like, at some point, I definitely want to get to the, because I'm laptop in my house, but that's two totally different types of desks. And I don't think that, like, yeah, people really acknowledge that much because it's like, the other studio has a desk where it's for sure for the, the monitor here. The sides go up a little bit with the rack gear yeah. and then you put the speakers in there. But like that, like I had to just get like a home desk because I'm like laptop and I have like tape echoes and stuff, but yeah. they don't have to be there. Um, but yeah, every time I get like, I really need to get like a hardware compressor and I already have, so I got a sidecar for my preamps and stuff, but I had boxes that were on my old desk. So I have like these three rad hardwood boxes to put stuff in. I just haven't bought anything. But once I buy one piece, it's going to throw off my whole thing and I'm going to have to like start over. I don't know where I'm going to put them. I don't know, but it'll be a, a glorious spiral. That's it's so fun though. That I love that stuff. I think we're going to have to call this episode glorious spiral. Yeah. <laughs> it's all rabbit holes. I love it. It's fine. Take it's that awesome. kick drum head off and then put it back on and then take it off again. Yeah. <laughs> it's a glorious spiral. Well, dude, thank you for yeah. coming over. Um, Thanks for uh, chat. Heck yeah. I know. I look forward to it and, Um, let's nerd out more. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with other people you think might gain value from it.